Welcome to the Work Smart Club podcast hosted by Dr. Cynthia Howard, executive coach and Lean Sigma Black Belt, and brought to you by Work Smart Consulting. Inside of you is the power to transform your world. You just have to unleash your potential. Get ready for strategies you can use right now. Leadership leverage you need. I want to talk about persistence in the age of acceleration and change and how to develop it in yourself and your teams. And some of this may surprise you. When you think of persistence, you might think of pushing harder, white knuckling, tenacity, not quitting. Those are all words that many people think of when they hear persistence. And in the dictionary, the definition of persistence is something like the act of persisting. So we know it's an action verb and it's what fuels motivation. We've all had those periods when we were able to persist. And there are other times when we wish we would have quit sooner. In fact, I did a podcast not too long ago on staying too long in a job or a relationship. So how do you really know when to quit and do something else? How do you know when to pivot? And this is the question we should be asking. This is essentially what persistence has taught me. And persistence is one of my strengths. I have a very strong work ethic. I keep going no matter what. I persist and just move through the challenges. And I'm grateful for that. In fact, I think about my doctoral education and what went through my mind during that time. Because right as I got started, I was laid off from a job that I loved and that was going to support me through my education. And then my marriage fell apart. And then one of my professors, who I thought was on my team, tried to sabotage my project and keep me from graduating. But it didn't matter if the sky came crashing down. I had already decided I was committed. I was going to be part of that 1% because we were told up front when we went into this program that only 1% of the people who set out to achieve their dissertation actually complete their dissertation. And I was going to be that 1%. So that didn't mean that I didn't pivot throughout this experience. In fact, I did quite a bit, much to my surprise, because I thought I had it all mapped out. It took me two years longer than I thought, but I persisted. So can you relate to that? I know there have been times when you persisted and you ended up being very successful. And then there are times when you may have given up too soon or the opposite, you stayed too long. And I understand that because I've done all of those things. In fact, I was talking with a client recently who shared a story about their lack of persistence and how today he is sorry that he didn't pursue the training that was recommended at the time that would have positioned him very much today in a very sweet spot. So to clarify, persistence is not tenacity. Tenacity is defined as stubborn adhesiveness, meaning you can't pull it off. It's relentless. It's pushing no matter what. Now that's all good because there are times when tenacity is absolutely 
essential. And I applaud people who have tenacity, and I encourage you to develop tenacity. But persistence is a level beyond that because it involves other things. Tenacious people just simply hit their head against the wall, even though they're bloodied and bruised. So I was at a conference and I overheard one of my frenemies sarcastically joke about me to a group of my colleagues that I was like a pit bull. And while she intended that as a soft insult, I took it as a compliment because I could see that it bothered her that I persisted. And so just as a side note, it is true that success is always the best revenge. But meanwhile, persistence includes thinking deeply, okay? It is a process of learning. So you have to think deeply about what's going on. You have to evaluate the process and your progress. And then you make decisions about what to pursue, what to revise, or whether or not to pivot. So another way to think about persistence is to think about how well do I learn? How well do I not only get back up from whatever knocked me down, but learn about the fall down, learn about the mistake? What can I do differently? Persistence involves that learning process. So when we learn something, we take one framework apart and we put it back together in a new way and then we act on that newfound information. Now, learning sounds like it's easy, but learning is more than just stuffing your mind full of knowledge. Learning is taking some type of action. And believe it or not, not everyone learns that well. Even the smartest people with the highest IQ aren't always capable of learning because they're not necessarily taking action and doing something differently. We've all heard the phrase, Doing the same thing over and over again and expecting to turn out differently is the definition of insanity. Well, when you keep doing something over and over again and you don't learn as a result of it, that's tenacity. That's not persistence, okay? Persistence means that you recognize that there is something for you to understand in the process and it requires you to think differently about it so that you can revise what you're doing. And today, change is the normal. It's happening very fast, very frequently, and very much unpredictably. So it's not even something that we can replicate all the time because there is still a lot of disruption going on. These one-off type events that are taking over our bandwidth and disrupting our everyday life. So we're having to learn frequently and fast. And that is the nature of the digital age with this acceleration. So persistence does have a certain amount of agility built into it, even though initially you may not think about that from the outside. So I'm going to share a story about two hotels, and you're going to see exactly what I mean. Now, these were some time ago, but I do think that they really illustrate the point. The first hotel was the Harmon Hotel in Las Vegas, and it was built by the dream team, so to speak. It had 
the best architects, the best engineers, the best of everything that money could buy. And on this team, they set out to build this glorious hotel, 45 stories in Las Vegas. Well, do you know that hotel never once opened its doors and housed anyone? (laughs) They never sold a room. So after two years, that hotel was still not open. In fact, not only was it open, it was only half as tall as they thought it would be. And get this, it was actually built on a fault line. So the safety report and the safety engineers would not allow anyone to stay in it. It became essentially a billboard and people would hang banners on it to advertise various things going on in that city. Eventually, the thing was deconstructed and taken down and then put up somewhere else. So what happened? Well, the Dream Team was much more interested in their own reputation, how they looked, how they were showing up in the media. There was very little communication. It was not effective communication. And in the review that they did, whoever was in charge of that operation was not feeding the information, the feedback about what was happening in the field during this construction to the appropriate people. It was a colossal waste of time, waste of money, and I can imagine how it must have felt to have the best of the best only to have the most colossal failure that you can imagine. Well, this happens all the time in organizations. Maybe not to that big degree, but to a degree it happens. People think that they have the best, but they don't have a system in place to learn from their mistakes. So either the project is shelved, shut down, Or they keep going and they push like on this hotel and they end up with something even worse. So now let's look at the opposite. Now, the opposite of this is another hotel that was constructed in 15 days. It was a similar size hotel. This one was 30 stories. The other one was 45, but 30 stories, 15 days. And you can Google that. It's on YouTube. What they did was they looked at the problem differently. They recognized that there were some things that they could replicate up front. So they built sections of the hotel ahead of time instead of everything separately. And they also worked 24-7. They had a team of Six Sigma specialists that evaluated the process and the communication was stellar. There was constant communication about what was happening in the field and that 30-story hotel was built in 15 days. So that is pretty amazing. So my challenge to you is to evaluate your persistence. Are you more tenacious where you keep pushing even when it may not be the right thing to do? Or on the other hand, do you give up too soon and you regret not sticking to it? Or do you stay too long at something and you only end up getting beat up in the process? So let's talk about what some of the thinking habits are that are going to help you develop the kind of persistence that's really going to carry you and your team pretty far. And first, I want to talk about optimism. Now, it is one of my favorite thinking habits, if you will. I believe it's extremely understated and misunderstood, and not enough leaders 
think about it or talk about it as an actual core competency. Because what I'm suggesting is things like persistence, things like optimism need to become the core competencies. While technical skills are all great, just think about that Harmon Hotel. They had the best technicians around, but they had very poor communicators. They didn't have anyone that was able to do any projections, that was able to communicate the tough conversations like, hey, did you know this was on a fault line? They didn't have any way to communicate all of that. And in hindsight, it seems kind of silly. How could that possibly happen? But think about your own workplace. How often does communication get ignored because there's an assumption that everybody understands and they're on the same page when in fact they might have the same drawings, but that doesn't mean they're on the same page because everybody is going to interpret those drawings in a different way, believe it or not. So communication is absolutely key and being optimistic allows you to communicate with a forward focus. That's really what optimism is. It's a forward focus. You're thinking about your goal and you're knowing that that is ultimately where you want to go. And even though there may be challenges and you know that there will be challenges because optimists are also realists, you know that there are going to be challenges, but you have confidence in your ability or your team's ability to get through it. Whereas the opposite of optimism is pessimism. That's where people are constantly in the rearview mirror and they see things as permanent. Things never change or pervasive. Nothing good ever happens here or personal. This always happens to me. That pessimistic attitude isn't going to generate success because it isn't going to allow you to persist. You're going to give up before you even get there. So another power habit that will help you persist is to learn how to incubate your thoughts. This is when you allow these thoughts to marinate. So if you cook, you know that you can take a piece of meat and you can pour spices and different liquids over it and let it marinate or soak in that for overnight or a number of hours. And you change that piece of meat into something very, very flavorful. So you want to incubate your thoughts. You want to learn to take whatever feedback you're getting from your project and marinate those, incubate those as you consider what does it mean and what are you going to do about it. And if you're working with a team, the team discusses it, breaks it apart. But rather than jump to a solution, you seek to fully understand what is happening. So persistence is often compared to mental toughness. And I think this is part of the pushing. And in fact, yes, there is a certain degree of mental toughness, but that's not all that there is. Because I think most of what makes persistence different than mental toughness is in the ability to marinate and incubate your thinking. And this is what learning is. Learning is allowing your current framework of knowledge to be broken down and rebuilt into something new. So just think about those hotels, you know, the 15-day hotel rethought how hotels are built in the first place. They provided pre-built sections of the hotels. They redesigned their work groups and their project teams. They took a look at how work actually got done and they had different crews working on different parts of that hotel. 
They used a tool like Six Sigma so that they could evaluate the process. And they started that with the understanding that change was going to happen quickly because their goal was what mattered. And they were able to achieve that goal in a record time. Now, another example of this is Kelly Johnson. You may have heard of him. He and his team built a fighter jet in 150 days from design to finish. It's true. In 1943, he and his secret team designed, built, and launched America's first operational jet fighter, the P-80, in less than 150 days. So from concept to takeoff, they completed that project. And later, he actually went on to amaze the world with even more projects, including the Lockheed U-2 spy plane, which he created and built in less than nine months. So he and his team were nicknamed Skunk Works, and they had a motto, and it was simply boldly innovate. So his guiding principle, small empowered teams create powerful solutions, was how he operated. And in fact, the 12 management principles that he followed are still in place today. So he understood what persistence really meant. And he recognized that distraction, business as usual, and some of the sacred cows that go along with other projects and bureaucracies were just not going to work. They were going to create too much drag on his project. So he took his small team of nine people And he moved his operation outside of the main building. They had a makeshift office, a shop, if you will. And that's where his team of nine focused. So that's the third mindset habit that's going to really make your persistence pay off. And that is focus. So what do you need to do in order to focus? Because if you're simply persisting and pushing but you don't have any real goal, you're not learning from the experience, then that is simply pushing. And some of us may have worked for bosses like that who pushed and pushed and pushed, but we really didn't know why and we didn't really understand what the outcome was. So the next question I wanted to talk about was, so when do you pivot and when do you quit? So first of all, if we define persistence as a learning mindset, then you basically answer this based on the feedback that you get coming back from the project. So in the case of Kelly Johnson, for example, boldly innovate was his motto, and that is what people followed. He also had small empowered teams create powerful solutions. That became their identity. They were a small, powerful team. So they did not send in, quote unquote, reports for the sake of sending in reports. Everything they did was a value added activity, which is very much part of Lean Sigma. Everything they did was value added. So they eliminated the non-value added time wasters that are the sacred cows very often in organizations that people do just to satisfy somebody in the lineup. Now, they may be an important stakeholder, but you have to wonder, is this getting in the way of me being able to persist? Because focus is that third mindset habit that you really want to be able to develop. And if you have too many distractions, it's going to take too much energy to do that. 
So the learning came from the feedback in the field. So when the engineers were working on this first jet, for example, they were constantly getting feedback about what was working, what wasn't working, all the little details, and they focused on those details. So all of these projects, the successful projects anyway, used an incremental model so that you could review and revise frequently. There were short time blocks to implement and review, and then they revised the process as needed. So I think persistence is also enhanced when you can use those incremental milestones that are going to keep you going because you're going to get feedback along the way at certain points based on what you have decided up front. So planning is going to be essential in enhancing your persistence. I know at WorkSmart Consulting, we like to use a 100-day timeline because there are 10-day increments. And that is so much more conducive to learning than just looking at your calendar and saying, okay, 30 days out, 60 days out, 90 days, we're going to have this. But you don't build in any review period and you just assume that work is getting done. And in fact, that's how most businesses run. They just give the 30, 60, 90 day period, but without a review. And they just hope that everybody does their job and get really upset when that job isn't done. So it's hard to persist if you're not getting accurate feedback and if you're not engaged in the process going along. So I wanted to talk about this today because I see so many leaders and teams without a good toolkit when it comes to problem solving and evaluating how are we doing. So persistence becomes either just pushing, 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 and then the meaning is lost. People feel tired without any purposeful meaning behind it, or they give up too soon, and then you have no way of measuring the loss that comes from giving up. So your choices are going to be limited if you don't have a way to evaluate and a way to plan and problem solve. So learning is part of that problem solving process. I like to use the tools in Lean Six Sigma. I like to use Kaizen events to help the frontline learn how to problem solve every single day so that they are solving those things that come up in front of them. And their persistence is, which translates into engagement, which translates into better quality, comes from the progress that they see. Because as human beings, progress is one of our greatest motivators. So I'd love to hear what you think about persistence, how this might be shifting your idea of it, how you might be thinking differently about how you develop your persistence, because persistence is definitely one of those skill sets that when you increase your not just persistence, but your agility within that, your ability to learn, to reflect and revise, you are going to become a highly sought after leader who is known for that flexibility and the ability to get things done. So if you want to learn more about building a high-performing team, contact me at worksmartthinkdifferent.com, click on the Work With Us tab, and let's discuss your options. In the meantime, stay energized and be blessed. Thank you for tuning in to the WorkSmart Club podcast. We love our listeners and want to hear from you. Please join us at worksmartclubnetwork.com. 
Stay connected and subscribe to our show so you never miss any of the content. Leaving us a positive review lets everyone know we add value. We thank you for it.